All right, fam. Welcome to K Saves the USA uh, solo show today. I got a script though, so probably won't be terrible. Um, yeah, let's get into it. So I was utterly convinced that I would wake up this morning to a McAuliffe win in Virginia. Totally convinced. In my soul, I would have felt that Yunkin had won, but wasn't allowed to claim victory. Yet I woke up to different news. Uh, Yunkin won Virginia, which is really cool. Um, I was in Virginia this past Monday, driving through on my way back from DC, where I'd celebrated my birthday with my friends. I stayed with my friend uh, Raheem Kassam of the National Pulse. He's a fellow Brit. We ate Jaffa cakes and Maltesers. It was glorious. Also, want to say thank you to Brianna Lyman for being there. It was it was a really it was a really great trip. Um, I met some really interesting people. Never been to DC before, and I loved it. I thought it was really fun. Um, anyway, yeah, let's get back to Virginia. So, me and my significant other drove back from DC through Virginia. We ate lunch in Fredericksburg, which is a gorgeous little town. Uh, we went antiquing because I'm old now. I'm 28, so obviously I don't care what I look like. Um, so I'm in Fredericksburg, uh, which again, like it's such a gorgeous little town. Um, the architecture was stunning. You know, no one wore masks. I had the best crab bisque I've had in years. Uh, I just, just 12 out of 10. It was a real 12 out of 10 visit. Um, and then on the way back, we drove through Richmond. Uh, we saw the statues that had been torn down and covered in graffiti. Wasn't quite Banksy, you know, but whatever. Um, but the main thing, we had the radio on the whole trip because, you know, I do a lot of radio. We listen to the radio. That's what we do. Um and I was shocked by the number of McAuliffe ads. I mean, they just didn't stop. I wish I kept a tally of how many we had to listen to. Uh, I was fairly convinced that this guy was going to win because of the number of ads that I had to listen to on Monday. Uh, you know, I was convinced he was going to win or, you know, like win in inverted commas. Um, because that's what cities do to you. Cities make you liberal because all social classes converge in these very unnatural dwellings we've manufactured for ourselves. The rich have guilt forced upon them, which, you know, makes them liberal because it's their sort of form of charity. Uh, the poor hate the rich because of the cycles of deprivation that exist in every city. You know, it's not just the big ones. It's even the little, I'm from a small city, huge cycles of deprivation in my hometown. Um, and then the middle class, a dying member of our species, uh, see liberalism as a quick way to get to live well without having to work 24-7 like most of the real wealthies do, the conservative wealthies. Uh, and then we have university students. Uh, there's a huge university, obviously, in, uh, in Richmond, Virginia. And, you know, university students tend to be more liberal because they are both poor and rich at the same time. Now, cities used to fascinate me sociologically. Uh, and then I lived in Los Angeles for six years and now I hate them. I do. They're terrible. Unnatural. That's just my opinion. But given what I saw and heard on my drive through, you know, these like a small town and then pretty big city in Virginia, my biases led me to believe that McAuliffe was going to get the same treatment as Gavin Newsom did in California. You know, it just, it wasn't even going to be questioned. He was going to win. Uh, but then when I woke this morning, to see very, very, very few news updates, I felt this sort of pang of relief because 
you know, my phone, like most, you know, most of us, we we sort of are, you know, droned into liberal news media. Uh, and so when there's no news, I'm like, okay, what are they hiding from us? And today it was the fact that Youngkin had won. Virginia was saved. Now, saved from what? Well, if you're a loyal listener of my show, then you know what happened to the communist state of California. We're talking bodies in the streets, you know, laws passed that protect the political elites but destroy the lives of their voters. You know, California is this thriving communist metropolis that proves how easy it is to control macro populations with rhetoric alone. You know, I, I, I... cannot understand how anyone living in a city like Los Angeles or San Francisco or even San Diego could possibly vote for the people who have created such a humanitarian crisis and such a terrible quality of life in California compared to what it was, you know, just like 10, 15 years ago when I used to come visit. You know, so like I said, California is a thriving communist metropolis. It's, you know, it's an easy way to control populations using that kind of rhetoric, especially for those who call themselves woke. So Virginia, now being red, has hopefully avoided the same fate as California. You know, because it's not just California, you know, it's cities like Seattle. Um, Austin has gone to hell in a handbasket because of those sort of like blue liberal policies. Um so I'm, I'm really thrilled. I'm really thrilled that Virginia has avoided the same fate. Now, let's turn to, though, the headlines that did come up for me this morning on my phone. So I'm British. We're going to start with the BBC. I used to depend on the BBC when I was younger. Uh, now I just sort of read it because it's laughable. Um, and honestly, I still haven't figured out how to turn off the notifications. So the headline that was posted to the notification update from the BBC's reportage on the Virginia elections, um, it's disappeared from my phone, so I can't read it out verbatim. Um, you know, when you click on the link, you know, you lose it from your notification settings. And so I can't tell you exactly what it said. But when I saw the update, the first thing my mind went to was the fact that whoever wrote the article referred to Youngkin's win in Virginia as a quote upset, which is, and you know, just if you'll excuse my French here, I don't know if you guys know this, but I I tend to curse. Um, But using the term upset is just horseshit. Um, But anyway, let me, let me read this article for you. And then we'll sort of like dig into what I think and feel about it. So it reads, Glenn Youngkin win for Republican in Virginia governor vote. Republican Glenn Youngkin has been elected as Virginia's next governor in a major upset, according to the U.S. media projections. He was 2.1 points ahead of Democrat Terry McAuliffe, with 99% of votes counted. Mr. McAuliffe, who served as a governor from 2015, 14 to 2018, saw his opinion poll lead vanish in recent weeks. The ballot has been widely seen as a referendum on Joe Biden's presidency, and defeat will unnerve the Democrats. Okay, so this is this is the first place that I want to break away from the article now and focus on this use of the word unnerve to describe how Democrats have, you know, apparently reacted to Youngkin's win. Now I can totally see how Youngkin winning over McAuliffe will unnerve Democrats, but it feels a little bit hyperbolic to claim that the loss of one state 
will do this. The loss of one state is apparently going to unnerve the Democrats. Like, are you freaking serious? You know, as we all know, the Democrats want kind of supreme rulership over the American nation. But, you know, that's not how democracy works. The people of Virginia voted for Yunkin for a plethora of reasons. You know, most of my colleagues posting to Twitter this morning said that this win was due to suburban and rural mums who can't stand McAuliffe and his kind of use of this leftist woke indoctrination that is being pushed upon their children in schools. Uh, but I think it's bigger than that. I think that Yunkin's win is a massive F you to Joe Biden and what's happening to America and what's happened really in the last 10 months. You know, for my international listeners, America currently has a fuel crisis that no one's really talking about. I haven't seen anywhere that has gas for less than $3. You know, in most places, it's well above 4 to $5 a gallon. And that's just unsustainable. If we thought we had a supply chain crisis, it's about to get a thousand times worse because we, the consumers, are about to get lumped with the rising cost of goods that make up for Biden's mishandling of gas across the country. Who cares that ships are stuck out to sea in the Pacific if we can't afford to drive those goods across the country and get them onto shelves? If you couple that with Gavin Newsom's embarrassingly out-of-touch policies on workers in California, trucking company policies, and more, we're about to crescendo into a crisis that will leave a lot more than our shelves empty. The people of Virginia chose to vote against this tyranny. It's not just about schools. It's not just about woke ideologies. What they're voting against is essentially the same thing that everyone's chanting about in our football stadiums. You know, Virginians spoke with their vote. They said, let's go, Brandon, by getting rid of Biden's or one of Biden's many lapdogs in the state. And I think it's pretty inspiring. But (laughs) what haunts me today is the fact that the BBC feels that losing this single election is seemingly more unnerving than the fact that under this presidency, we might see people starve in their homes by next spring. That's what the supply chain and fuel crisis could lead to. We've seen it before in history. There is absolutely nothing to suggest that we're not heading that direction again. If we carry on this trajectory, people could very well freeze to death next winter because either they won't be able to heat their homes because it's too expensive or the fuel required to keep them warm will be nowhere to be found. That unnerves the heck out of me. Not the fact that a Democrat didn't win in Virginia. Like, let's look at the bigger picture here. Anyway, we'll get back to the article. This is from the BBC. Mr. Biden won by 10 points in Virginia in the presidential election just a year ago. In a speech to cheering fans, Mr. Youngkin promised to get to work straight away to transform the state. We work in real people time, not government time, the Republican declared. The state's current Democratic governor, Ralph Northam, wasn't able to stand for re-election as Virginia does not allow governors to serve consecutive terms in office. So how do you guys feel about term limits? I've heard arguments for, I've heard arguments against. My biggest issue with term limits is that it can be hard to make macro changes in just four or eight years. I'm not sure what the term limit is in Virginia. I couldn't be bothered to do that research because it's quite early in the morning and I'm tired and I have other things to do today. However, I think the biggest pro of term limits is that we would no longer have people like Nancy Pelosi wandering aimlessly around the Capitol doing absolutely nothing to help real Americans. Something happens to people who stay in the same unevolved position of power. They lose all sense of reality 
and all sense of what reality is like for real people. Yeah, like you guys have seen the photos of Hillary Clinton when she walked into that voter's apartment, right? If you're watching uh, the read my, or, you know, read my script, or if you're watching on the Patreon for subscribers, uh, I'm going to do an impression now. She looked like this. Anyway, it's laughable. The utter bewilderment on her face was laughable. And it would have been more laughable if it wasn't so sad. You know, I I also think that there are huge pros for professionals who lean into lifelong careers in politics. You know, look at Bernie Sanders. He tried to say F you to the system and the system made him a millionaire to shut him up. And it worked. This, This is amazing, right? Crazy. Anyway, back to the article here. In more potential good news for Republicans in the state, their candidate, former U.S. Marine Winsome Sears, is tipped to become the first black female lieutenant governor of the state, which was the former seat of the pro-slavery confederacy during the American Civil War. So, again, this is why McAuliffe is a loser in more ways than one. He's claiming racism is the reason that he lost. But even the BBC, with all of their lefty, wanky biases, proved that Virginia is not racist, even though they tried really hard to shame Virginia by bringing up, you know, the sort of pro-slavery confederacy, you know, as if the UK had nothing to do with slavery. Oh, it's not like we were the people that ran this country back when slavery was a thing. I mean, there still is modern slavery in America as well. Let's be honest. I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but like, look at the clothes that you're wearing. You support slavery. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Anyway, let's get back to the article before I go off on a tangent, um, which is the reason why I wrote a script, because I don't want to go off on my tangents, because I could very easily go off on one. So back to the BBC. The Republican candidate for Virginia Attorney General, Cuban-American Jason Me. I'm going to butcher this. Mieres was also leaving, leading that vote count, and Republicans seem to be closing in on control of the state's House of Delegates. Cool. In other elections across the U.S. on Tuesday, in New Jersey, Republican challenger Jack... Why are these names are just so long, and I get them all wrong? Ciatrelli? Ciatrelli? Ciatrelli, Jack Ciatrelli, that's how I'm going to pronounce it, is neck and neck with Democratic Governor Phil Murphy. Amid surging crime, Minneapolis voters rejected a proposal to replace the city's police department with a new Department of Public Safety more than a year after the murder of George Floyd by an officer. So that I I didn't even read this in full because I wanted to move on to New York. But yeah, Minneapolis, like every other woke liberal city who voted to defund the police, has gone to hell in a handbasket, seeing rising crime. Anyone who was like, oh, defund the police, um, has just absolutely shot themselves in the foot and might even get shot in reality because gun crime is soaring. Anyway, back to the article. As expected... Democrat Eric Adams won New York City's mayoral election to replace his party colleague, Bill de Blasio. Republican challenger Curtis Silva was involved in an argument at his polling station after turning up to vote with a pet cat and being told his furry friend Gizmo could not enter. Now, that makes me furious for more than one reason, not just because I'm pro-cat, but I... (sighs) New York City. I love New York City. My British and West Coast listeners, 
may not have heard the recent news regarding fire stations in New York City. So let me tell you, 26 fire stations in New York have been closed due to vaccine mandates. And this is because of Bill de Blasio, that glorified failed reality star. Because, I mean, that's what he is, isn't he? Bill de Blasio is a failed reality star. So he's dragging the entire city down with him. And Brits might not realize that in America, firefighters do a lot more than just like save cats from trees, put out fires and become warriors every time they put on their uniform. And even when they take the uniform off, firefighters around the world are absolute gods amongst us. Uh, But in America, firefighters are truly first responders. They administer medical care as much, if not more, than they put out fires. So having 26 fire stations closing across New York means that this vaccine mandate will almost certainly kill more people than COVID ever could. It's it stuns me that New York has chosen to vote in a Democrat. After the last guy, that failed reality star, Bill de Blasio, has done so much to destroy quality of life in New York City. It is a communist nightmare, and I am terrified for the long-term consequences. Anyway, I'm going to go back to the article now, because what I want to do in future episodes is do multiple articles, but this one was just so ridiculous. I'm just going to focus on this for today. Uh, So Pittsburgh picked its first black mayor, Democrat Ed Ganey. In Boston, Asian-American candidate Michelle Wu was elected mayor, becoming the first woman and first person of color to take the post. And then it goes on to quote her, which I don't think is important to the relevance of uh, this article. She just tells like a nice little story. I'll, I'll read it. Okay. She tells a nice little story about her sons. She says, one of my sons asked me the other night if boys can be elected mayor of Boston, the Democrat told supporters. They have been... And they will again someday, but not tonight. So I'm not a huge fan of Democrats, obviously. Lived in California, but I thought that was actually quite sweet. Um, And as a woman, it's nice to see an actual woman get put in a position of power, not uh, a guy who's claiming to be a chick. Anyway, let's carry on. So the next part of the article in sort of level two heading says, how did a Republican win in Virginia? For those who are listening, not watching, I just rolled my eyes. Uh, So the article reads, Mr. Youngkin is the first member of his party elected to statewide office in Virginia since 2009. The political newcomer focused during the bitterly fought election on crime and the economy, as well as how schools handle race, gender, and mask mandates. Mr. McAuliffe campaigned on other cultural issues, such as abortion rights and voting reform. But the Democrats' critics hammered him. Sorry, I'm just laughing um, at how stupid McAuliffe is. Uh, But the Democrats The Democrats' critics hammered him for saying during a debate, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they teach. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this episode up. We're going to keep it short and sweet today. But what this description translates into is the fact that Youngkin won because he focused on what actually mattered to his constituents. I I can't remember who quite said this, Uh, It might have been Buck Sexton, might have been Jesse Kelly or someone else that I follow on Getter, on Twitter. Um, But they said that McAuliffe tried to run a national election. 
you know, by choosing to focus on abortion rights and voting reform, all he did was kind of angle his campaign at these national virtue signals for the Democrats. And I've already described in this episode how out of touch Democrats are with real people. And McAuliffe really defined this throughout his campaign. I don't even want to go into how him and his cronies tried to make Yunkin out as a racist by placing faux white nationalists at his rallies or that hilariously obvious guy who sewed a new Confederate flag patch to his new denim jacket and then went and stood in front of the press pit at uh, the rally last night. You know, if you want to learn more about these, you can read my articles on the National Pulse. Um, They're available on my Getter feed. I think I posted them to Twitter. If you're not on Getter yet, get on Getter. What are you doing? Stop listening to me rambling on and go get on Getter. It's absolutely brilliant platform, like truly freedom of speech. You're not going to get censored. You're not going to get shadow banned. Um, But anyway, getting back to my point, you know, McAuliffe really proved himself to be that kind of like cringy white dad who's so out of touch that it lost him his election. I mean, he actually, the whole... (laughs) whether it was him, the Lincoln Project, whoever from the Democratic side of uh, the sort of political elites who thought that placing these white nationalists or faux white nationalists, faux white supremacists on, like in in and around the Yunkin sort of uh, rallies and what have you, why they thought that people were stupid enough that they wouldn't see through that, again, proves how out of touch they are. Like, I know that, there's been this mass dumbing down of education across America for a very long time, but we're not that fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Anyway, moving on. Yunkin, I feel, really proved himself to be a man of his people in Virginia. He focused on the state. He ran a clean campaign. He focused on real issues that face Virginians. And the only reason that this election became an international story is because of how badly it painted the Democrats, like laughably bad. Let's be honest. It was clickbait, virtue signaling, coastal elite wankery. I mean, this guy literally stood on a platform and said that parents shouldn't have a say in what their kids are being taught. Like, be more of a commie, McAuliffe. Seriously, be more of a freaking commie. And that is not the American way. Now. I do think that if Biden was doing a better job at running the country and hadn't, you know, sort of pummeled it into the ground in less than 10 months, McAuliffe could have, you know, slid into that win. Instead, he's sliding down into obscurity, like the Democratic approval rating. You know, the tide is really turning, and I hope we maintain this momentum. So I'm going to wrap up this very brief episode by saying thank you to Virginia. You know, I came to America as a liberal socialist and living in California has made me a forever conservative. You know, so long as conservative conservatism means being anti-communist, I will remain a conservative. You know, some of my haters are quick to point out that I posted a lot of pretty anti-conservative stuff on my social media. And like, guys, I hate droning on about this. But the main one is, you know, I love being naked. I'm not a conservative in my dress sense. In fact, um, on my actual birthday last weekend, one of my dearest friends, who is also a very focal figure in conservative talk media, said I dress like a commie. 
Um, and obviously I ripped him a new one saying that he has the posture of a dead body and worse teeth than a Brit because us Brits show our love by being horrible to one another. That's what we do. Anyway, I digress. Um, I know I look like a liberal. I know it. I don't care. I'm not one, not willing to give up my fashion sense to play into some conservative narrative that is growing more and more outdated by the minute. You know, the conservatives, we, we really are the rock and roll team now. Um, that's just, that just is what it is. But I really want to kind of lean into this argument that, you know, conservatism in America now translates to being anti-communist. So even if you think my short shorts and my oversized sweaters make me look like a commie, listen to the words that I use, listen to the data that I provide and go beyond the aesthetics and realize how we present ourselves verbally and how you, America, how you present yourselves with your vote is the best way to be anti-communist. Don't just look at the aesthetics. You know, Virginia has really reinstilled my sense of faith in our democratic process. My only hope is that this win for Youngkin isn't like sacrificing a pawn for the greater goal of having the Democrat king win in the long run. Uh, You know, I feel like if McAuliffe had won, the next three years would have been far more violent, uh, would have been far more divided. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens in the midterms. And I I hope I'm wrong. I hope my happiness lasts. I hope we save the USA from the commies. I really do. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I really wanted to say this morning. Uh, You know, this is the episode. It's over. Thank you for listening. Go subscribe on all the platforms. Uh, If I get enough subscribers on my social media channels, my agent will finally start pushing my book on how social media is killing us. (laughs) Oh, the irony. Oh, the irony. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I love you guys so much. Uh, even those of you who disagree with me, because that's what unconditional love means, man. It means that thinking that you commies, even though I think you're a bunch of idiots, I love you anyway, in the hopes that you grow out of it. I hope you grow out of your mindset. Um, yeah, if you want to watch me do this show, subscribe to my Patreon. I do actually, I will admit that I look like a commie loser. I got no makeup on, sitting here wearing a hoodie that I stole from Hayden Prowse, who I don't, he's definitely not a commie, but I don't really know how I would describe Hayden's politics anymore. He's just very, very clever. Um, That's how I would describe him. Oh, but I did also steal this hat from Raheem this weekend. Thank you, Raheem Kassam, for my Wes Hunter hat. Got a lot of high fives when I took the dog out for a walk this morning. Um, So yeah, if you're watching, thanks for watching. If you're listening, thanks for listening. I'll be back this week with a few more solo shows. I know we've got interviews coming up with uh, Jonathan Davis, uh, who is a sort of Welsh god. Anyone know who he is? Um, I think uh, we've got Terry Schilling, who's going to be coming on. Um, but anyway, lots of fun, fun new stuff coming up over the coming weeks. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Till the next time, fam. Ta-ra.